Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. Hey everybody, welcome back. Episode 27, Therapy for Humans. Almost Thanksgiving. Normally I would do a how to survive your family on the holidays thing, but we're not doing that today. Maybe I'll do that before Christmas. Anyway, today I want to talk about how we can put ourselves back together after someone has really done a number on us. So over the years I've worked with really way too many people who have been absolutely shattered by another person. Uh, Usually this other person is a significant other, but sometimes it can be a parent or a friend, um, even a child. Um, And I'm going to draw a distinction here between what I'm talking about and a kind of a one-off assault of some kind that might happen to someone, um, which can absolutely destroy us, but the dynamics are a little bit different. So here I'm talking about a long-term relationship of some kind where the client has been manipulated, abused, or just generally worked over, often for many years. So how do we get some sense of ourselves back from that? So there are three parts that I often see that need to be addressed in different ways. The first is distrust of others. The second is distrust of oneself. And then um, the third is kind of this constant hypervigilance around our own safety and or that of other loved ones that were or could have been affected by the abusive person. So let's take that last one first, that constant sense of foreboding, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, the next crisis. It feels kind of inevitable and seems impossible to get away from. So generally, I'll start with some gratitude for that hypervigilance, because as much of a pain in the ass as it is now, chances are it kept you safe at least some of the time. So that having said, staying on high alert all the time is not only exhausting, it's really bad for your body. We're just not meant to be in that place all the time. And the longer it goes on, the harder it can be for our systems to really settle. And there's some research out there that points to just sort of long-term damage from your adrenal system being that activated for that long. Um, So anyway, the road back from this state of constant high alert can be a long one, but it absolutely can be done. Um, One thing I talk with my clients about when we're embarking on this kind of goal-oriented work is how do we quantify this state of being? It's crucial that we notice when things start to shift so we can stay motivated to keep going. But how do we know when we get there if we have if we don't have some way of tracking it. So I'll often suggest some sort of like a one to 10 scale survey as well as like a Likert scale component, like, you know, the strongly agree, somewhat agree, somewhat disagree, strongly disagree question formula that we're kind of all familiar with by now. So then the client will come up with the specific questions or we'll do it together. And I've had a few very number and detail oriented clients who have really gotten into this and come up with some fantastic surveys that are very much tailored specifically to their own experience. Um, so anyway, you get the idea. We come up with some way of track this feeling of foreboding uh, and or the degree to which it affects their life. And, you know, I mean, it's not, it's a subjective tool, so it's not always going to be 100% accurate all the time, but at least it's something to work with so that we can kind of look at it, you know, a month, two months, whatever, down the road, and hopefully they see some movement there. So after that, we come up with some tools to use when they notice that they are in this place, Um And by the way, that noticing part is often the gateway to this work. If you can't notice it, it's really fucking hard to shift it. And this is why so many therapists focus on mindfulness in some way or another. Personally, I think that's one of those terms that gets clients running the other way before they even get in the door. 
So I don't tend to use it when I'm talking about how I work. Um, but at the end of the day, you do need to develop enough sense um, of yourself, some self-awareness to notice what your mindset is. And you get to call that whatever you want. So once you start noticing that mindset, then you can actually shift it. And generally, this looks like taking a moment and doing one or more of any number of things that we have come up with together that helps you feel safer, more grounded, stronger, more reality-based. So breathing, picturing a safe place, imagining you have roots running out of your feet into the ground are all good things and super effective for some and looked upon as fantasy-based quackery by others, which is why we have other options like reality checking your thoughts in that moment, seeking a quick quick gut read from others that you trust and simply pressing pause and taking stock, comparing this to other times that you have felt like this and maybe it turned out to be nothing or at least nothing like what you were dreading. So see, there's not just one way here. You want to go woo-woo, we can take it there. You think that's fucking stupid? No problem, bro. We can stay right here in the concrete jungle. The important thing is you need to come up with tools that work for you and use them every time without exception whenever you feel that sense of danger that doesn't have an immediately obvious cause. And then over time, we generally see a lessening in that adrenal response. We're teaching your brain that sometimes we really are safe. And feeling safe does not mean that we're being risky or foolish or leaving ourselves vulnerable to attack. Sometimes we really are safe, even though this is a very new experience for that nervous system. Okay, so that's the first part in a very small nutshell. And that brings us to the second of the three things that need to be tended to after someone has been manipulated and or abused. And that's that pervasive sense that they cannot trust their own decisions. And this one makes sense if you consider that the abused person has had their judgment questioned at every turn, often for years. And in the past or a year or two, the term gaslighting has risen in popularity, and I think it's overused, kind of like the term triggered, which I ranted about in a previous podcast. However, gaslighting absolutely does happen, and I will agree that more often than not, it's a tool that men use to manipulate women. Uh, for those who don't know the term, gaslighting refers to the act of manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Uh, the end result isn't usually that a person ends up actually thinking they're crazy, but that can happen in extreme cases. But more commonly, it leads people to question every decision they make, making them more and more dependent on their abuser, which, of course, is the abuser's goal. So... On the other side of the experience, after they break free from this asshole and they're often left with this shattered confidence, this can often be the most devastating part of this experience. I mean, just imagine you finally break free from this person who has put you through hell and now that you have your freedom back, all of a sudden you feel paralyzed because you don't trust yourself to make even the smallest decision for yourself because you spent years being told that you're always wrong, you're stupid, every choice you make is going to cause damage in some way. And, you know, it's one thing to sit in the therapist's office and talk about this and know that you are, in fact, capable of making your own decisions. It's another thing entirely to be then be home alone and faced with a choice and not know how to get back to that concept that you can, in fact, trust yourself. And I'm not talking about what you want for dinner or which show you want to watch on TV. I'm talking about things like, should I take this new job offer? Should I move to another town? Should I allow my son to have his girlfriend over for the night? The bigger the consequence of a wrong choice, the more paralyzed you're going to feel. So again, the road back from this is not a short one, but it absolutely exists. And the first step, once again, is awareness. You don't need to have absolute confidence in yourself, but you do need to know that you were once much more confident with good reason, because you were and are a totally capable and independent human. 
years of having someone important to you, someone that you may have even come to believe that you needed to survive, has been telling you that you cannot trust your decisions and that you can only trust their decisions. And that has set up this cognitive distortion that you can't trust yourself. You see what I did there? I slipped a little technical vocabulary in there. Cognitive distortion refers to when our minds try to convince us of something that is not true. But take heart, fearless adventurer. You have the ability to tell that part of your mind to piss off. You can challenge this notion that your choices are wrong or dangerous or just plain dumb. But you do have to challenge that. It will not happen automatically. Unfortunately, what's happening automatically is exactly what you need to push back on. And this is where a couple of trusted people in your life come in super handy. And a lot of people in this situation come in and tell me that there's no one in their life that they trust. Luckily, after some digging, we can usually find one or two people that they actually do trust, and that's really all they need. So these people can help you reality check those automatic thoughts, and you can use them to double check those decisions that you're uncertain about as well. Um, there's also some great worksheets that can help you move through the steps of challenging those negative thoughts all on your own. Um, if you Google cognitive behavioral therapy automatic thought worksheets, you will find what I'm talking about. Okay, so very closely related to not trusting yourself is not trusting others. And getting on top of this one is pretty similar to taking on the not trusting yourself, but it's a little more scary. So if the goal is to trust again, then inevitably it means that you have to be vulnerable, open to being hurt, willing to get damaged again. But that's at the end of the rainbow. We're still over here at the starting gate, so don't panic. So how do we trust someone else once someone has taught us in no uncertain terms that others are not to be trusted? Remember those one or two people that we found out that you actually do trust? They come in handy right about now. And if you still have rare moments when you don't even trust them, that's okay. What's important is that most of the time, you know that they love you. You know that they don't have their own agenda that's not aligned with your own when it comes to matters that are personal to you. So learning to trust others again is the hardest part of the three components we've been talking about. And the truth is you may never get back to a place that you once were when it comes to trusting others. And that's okay. As long as you are aware of this and can speak about that to the people that you do risk letting in 100% trust in everybody you meet is I mean, it's not advisable and it's not the goal. So, but you may never get to a place where you trust even your closest people all the time and that's okay. They just need to know that that's the price of admission if they're going to be in relationship with you and you can ask them to be patient with you and to understand that even the smallest act of trust for you is going to feel really risky, especially in the beginning. Over time, you will find that you are letting more people in. You are trusting them in small ways and sometimes even in larger, more risky ways. So here's the hard part. Truly connecting with another human will always carry an element of risk. There is no way around this. Vulnerability is the gateway to intimacy, and there is no intimacy without the risk of getting hurt, betrayed, or both. What you need to come to realize if you are to risk intimacy and connection again is that if you are betrayed again, you will survive it. And you can set up your interactions so that you mitigate the risk to the extent that you can. You never have to merge your bank account or buy a house or a car together. You never have to allow yourself to be in a position financially that would put you at risk if it all falls apart. Unfortunately, you cannot protect your heart as clearly as you can protect your assets. This is why you need to know that you will not die if your heart gets broken again. You are stronger than you think, and the fact that you're still here after this devastating experience that you already had proves that. 
You know that meme that says whatever doesn't kill you gives you unhealthy coping mechanisms and a dark sense of humor? (laughs) It's pretty much true. But in all but the most tragic and extreme instances, you do make it through. It's not always pretty, but humans are amazingly resilient critters. And sooner or later, you will crawl out of that dark hole and squint at the sunlight and say to yourself, fuck me, against my better judgment, but at the urging of my bruised and battered soul, I'm going to try again. And that is really the key here, to keep trying, to not stop, and to find those people who remind you that you are worth it, that you do have value, that you can trust yourself. And those are the people you need to be listening to, especially when you cannot trust the voices in your own head. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Therapy for Humans. If you have a question for the podcast or a situation that you'd like to share with me, you can email me at rowan at therapyforhumanspodcast.com. And if you'd like to see me live and in person for therapy, you can call or text 970-903-3893. And I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.